Welcome to the First Mentor Podcast. Here, you will hear us talk about a variety of topics for the entire family that will hopefully spark a discussion, create a new curiosity, or simply teach you something new. The goal is to inspire you to learn life skills and soft skills not taught in school and prepare you to live an extraordinary life. Come on and spend some time with us on your commute to school or anytime you're free. Mentees and family of mentees, thank you for joining us for episode 40 of the First Mentor Podcast. And this is your host and mentor, Vanessa Yang. And for today's episode, I have invited John Almaga to talk about the very important topic of debt, right? The amount of money that we owe. And we had such an amazing conversation, talked about so many aspects that I actually decided to divide my interview into two parts so that it's really easier for you to focus on the two different areas. For this episode, we focused on one of your biggest investments as a young adult, which is your college degree. Now, do you know what kind of questions to ask when you're considering universities? Do you have any ideas how to even pay for higher education the most efficient way? And what kind of conversation should you have as a family? In this episode, we will discuss these and many other questions around achieving the best ROI, which means return on investment on your college education. Now, at the end, don't forget to subscribe or add us to your favorite list. And we would also love it if you can share this episode with your friends and family who might be preparing for college soon as well. Now, let's get started with this very important discussion with John. So welcome, everyone. Today, you're in for a real treat. You're going to be blown away from my guest today, my friend John Almaguer. He will give you a lot of amazing information. So get your pen and paper ready to take lots of notes. And I would like to welcome John to the show. How are you, John? I'm doing well, Vanessa. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you because I know in the past you've taught me so much information and just opened my eyes to financial matters, right? So (laughs) I would love for you to give a little bit more background to our audience, what you do, because you put it in such better words than I would have. Sure, no problem. Uh, just a little bit of my background. Uh, my master's is in finance. Um, I've been working in the same field for finance for over 25 years now. One of the greatest aspects of my life was I was able to be a bank director for a local community bank. And I've also been an adjunct professor for at least, well, for 10 years. I was with both, both institutions, uh, Mount St. Mary's College and Woodbury University. Yes, amazing. But I know your area of specialty is really explaining financial matters in layman's term that people understand, right? It's not all the facts where it's kind of like, well, ROI is this and all the professional lingo, you're able to explain it to people so they can't understand it. I remember when I met you years ago, it was in a real estate seminar Mm -hmm. and you just blew me away with your energy. You just had so much energy. You were able to explain everything. So I I know our listeners will be in for a real treat, right? Um, yeah, because I always tell people, you know, finance professionals like us, our job is just to make, you know, help people make smarter decisions with their money. That's it. It's, you know, yes. cut and dry. So hopefully that's what we'll be able to do today. 
Oh, absolutely. I have no doubt about it. And we selected a special topic because we could discuss, we're like, what does the youth today really need to know? And we selected debt together, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's in form of college tuition or your car payment and credit card specifically. So we'll dive into this a little bit deeper. But overall, I know you have a very specific and smart philosophy when it comes around acquiring debt. So share a little bit more with us. Yeah, to, to me, when you know, a debt is an IOU. That's that's you know, we, we like to use fancy words. Let's yes. talk about what it is. It's actually you know, you're getting something, and and whatever that benefit is that you're receiving, mm-hmm. that's what's key. What did you get out of it? So, I mean, I don't know how about you, but I've known a lot of people when they go shopping at Costco or Target, and they walk <laughs> oh, yes. out of the shop and they're like, wait a minute, I spent three hundred dollars on what? Yeah. And, and that's the difference too. Is that there's certain items in life that you're going to have that are needs that I need to have this to, you know, function in my job or, you know, in my life. And then there's wants where I want to have that. Not, I don't need it, but I want it. So that's the aspect you need to be able to balance when you start talking about debt and what are you using the money for? Is it something that you need or is it something you want? And then we'll get into bad, you know, when we start talking about debts Mm -hmm. or IOUs, there's two aspects I look at. There's good debt, which I consider like as if you're going to buy a house and you're actually owning an asset Yes. versus bad debt, which is like credit cards where, you know, if I told you, let's pull out your last three months of credit card bills and let's see where you spent your money. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be surprised if we went through the list and said, which ones were needs and which ones were wants. Yes, it's so true. Like, does it matter? Are you acquiring, acquiring assets? Like John mentioned, whether it's your house or even... I would say smart debts, but we can go into that a little bit deeper, is also mm-hmm. education, right? Something that will really benefit you in the future versus an expense or you consume it and it's gone right mm-hmm. away. Let's dive a little bit deeper, right? I think the first topic we want to discuss is really college tuition because mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners are teens, young adults, they're getting ready to be in college. I know normally tuition is like, their parents' concerns, something we talk about as parents ever since they're babies. But sometimes some of us are not as lucky. Either our parents or immigrants don't understand the concept of savings for college tuitions, or they were financially not as stable, right? So what can you do as somebody who is about to embark college and thinking about money in that sense? Ah, that's a good point. Well, remember, your college degree is probably the most expensive investment you're going to do at at your age at 18 and 17. So let's focus on that first. But the main thing is, is whatever you feel you want to get into, remember that piece of paper might get you the ticket for your, you know, following job. Mm -hmm. So really what you want to know is, well, wait a minute, I get a ticket. This is where I'm going to go. Where do you want to go? I mean, do you want to be a CPA? Do you want to be an engineer? You know, do you want to own a restaurant, you know, with all these different ideas? Because that's what this degree is going to be able to help you achieve. The key aspect, though, is what I would stress to anybody who's 16, 17, 18, go talk to people in that field. Yes. Because I've known so many people that they get into accounting and they're really surprised that, number one, how many hours they work. Yes, I can Um, attest to that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know any accountant that works 40 hours a week. That's just not normal. Or you know, they have something which is called either monthly or quarterly closes, mm-hmm. where I know people that they work seven days a week, and that's normal. Yes. Now, if that's not the type of business, or if that's not the type of career you want, well, then you might want to think about looking at a different direction. You know, that's where I always talk about people bounce a little bit 
forward mm-hmm. rather than just looking at yep. college only. Wait a minute. You're going to get a college degree and then you're going to go get a job. What is that job that you want to get and what does that entail? Because I know too many people that work too many hours for too little money and they really don't like where they're at in life. So that's why I always kind of like rewind a little bit mm-hmm. and let's focus on what school you want to go to first. And does it have a specialty that will allow you to move into the career choice that you want? Yes, that's actually a really good point. And I love your analogy of buying like a airplane ticket or a train ticket, right? This mm-hmm. is your college degree. You pay a lot of money. And if you go to a specific destination, let's say you're in California and you're flying to Nevada, that mm-hmm. ticket is probably going to cost you a lot less than when you're flying from California across the globe to Australia. What's like, your destination? What do you want to do there? Really good analogy. Just to kind of give an example, if you wanted to go to school just here at USC, that's $75,000 a year. I know, crazy. So, If you decided on financing, and we'll get into uh, debt here in a second, like getting college loans and stuff, but you can walk away from going to USC with a $300,000 loan around your neck. Or if you wanted to go to Cal State Berkeley, all in is close to $29,000. So let's just make it 30 to make things easy. Yes. So, you know, you can walk away with debt there over four years of about $120,000. That's why it does matter if you have, if you're going to acquire this much debt to make sure that you have a kind of a, a profession where you could pay off that debt in my daily works. You know, when I help people make better decisions with their money, sometimes people come to me and I see them with over $150,000 of student debt, you know, in their mid thirties or even in their early forties. And they're yes. like, how do I get rid of this? So their profession they, they chose does not really allow them to really just kind of wash that away. So it's something you need to consider. Yes, it's definitely a discussion you should have with your parents. It's not only I want to go to this school and this is the major, but money is definitely a big part of the discussion. I know when I went to college, I worked part-time or I got scholarships too, but that's like something that's not for sure, right? You shouldn't rely on that. I would consider them icing on the cake, really pretend you don't have that and have an honest calculation and discussion as a family. What is it going to cost me? Do I go to school A? Do I go to school B? What's the major going to be? And uh, how much is it going to cost me? And can I pay it off? And if so, how long is it going to take me, right? Because the worst yeah. thing you want is be 45, 50 and still pay your debt from college. Yeah, because this is one thing people completely miss because that's all they look at is the dollar amount as a separate entity in life. So let's say, for instance, you go through and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm good with this because I know I'm going to have a $1,000 payment a month You know, when I graduate. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Once you graduate, then what happens? Well, then you get a job. Then when you get a job, what do you do? You go buy a, a nice car. Yes. You know? And then all of a sudden, you'll say you meet the love of your life, and then you decide on getting married, and then you decide on buying a house. And what happens is you start acquiring a lot more debt as you go forward. So, so you have to be careful in regards to what you're setting up your, yourself for. Because I know, like I said, I know lots of people in their mid 40s still paying off their college debt. Yes. And my kids consider people in their mid 40s very old. Yes. Um, so <laughs> you don't want to be part of that category and still say, yes, I pay a few hundred or thousand or what have you still part of my college debt at that point, right? Exactly. And this is one aspect that people miss altogether because, again, this is where for me, you know, we get into like what I call the, the bushes and we start looking at all the numbers and I'm like, that's irrelevant to a certain extent. What I mean by that is you have to look at the financial stress that happens sometimes when you look at these numbers and you're like, I'll be able to afford $500 to $1,000 a month. Well, 
remember, you still have life and life goes forward and you're acquiring more assets and you start acquiring more debt. There can be an issue later down the road, not only in regards to your just your well-being, but if you're not really careful on how you set this up, your financial stress in your life, mm-hmm. not only for you, but also for your parents. So I yes. see that a lot where you know the parents go, you know what? I'll take over the debt for you. And yes, I'm like, let's say your parents are in their mid-50s. Now they're acquiring $150,000 debt. Well, wait a minute, your parents, they want to retire someday. Exactly. I see that a lot. So that is something else that you need to be, you know, just cognizant of. We all want to have a good quality of life. There are certain loans that you can acquire Mm -hmm. that this is what you have to be aware of is when does the clock start in regards to the interest rate? Yes. Good point. Let's say you, uh, you know, it's a $50,000 loan and you're like, sign up for it. And you're like, okay, this is good. Mm -hmm. And you're a freshman. Some loans that $50,000, once you sign that piece of paper, the interest starts. Some loans that you'll sign up for, and it's between, I think the terminology subsidized and unsubsidized, I think is the terminology. Okay. Uh But some of them actually will start upon graduation. Yes. So the key thing there is that you've got four years. If you were a freshman, you know, and the debt started here. Well, then you got four years of interest that's acquired on that dollar amount that you borrowed. So it's just something to be aware of. And and that's, if there's anything, like I said, if there's anything to learn from this whole talk, (laughs) if you're going to sign up for a loan, when does the interest start? Good question to ask, because it's true. The last thing you want is to be bombarded with school and tests and exams and finals, and then already start thinking, oh my God, I have to pay back part of my student loan right now. I don't have time for that, but you don't make money, but you have to pay. Yeah. And then trust me, they're very good at sending you statements. I mean, that's one thing they're very good. And, <laughs> I <you'll, bet>. you know, <laughs> and the last thing you want is getting that once a month in the mail. It's that financial stress that's always back here. I always kind of focus on that because to me, it's always about quality of life. You know yes. what I mean? Everybody wants to have a great life and wants to go do a lot of great things. And the last thing you want is a financial anchor around your neck is what I call it of this debt. And you're like, wow, I got to constantly make payments for this. Yes, really, really good point. So the psychology around money is important. And I think not a lot of people talk about that. They're more factual. So that's great. Let's say you're 16 or 17, you have like a year or two for college and you might never have the communication or the discussion with your parents. As you prepare, I would really start with asking them, do you even have a savings account for me? That's for college, right? I think if I asked my teen, they would have no idea if I have anything for them. So what kind of questions can a teenager who's about to enter college ask their parents as part of the discussion, you think? Well, one of the key things about when you apply for college, of course, is filling out FAFSA. I know it is FAFSA, F-A-F-S-A. Yes. And it's the federal form. It's basically where you write down all of your assets, all your liabilities, and it's for your parents it'll be a determination for you upon knowing how much possible scholarship grants are available for you. So I always tell people, you need to start off with that. Asking mom and dad, you know, kind of straight (laughs) up, uh, mom, how much money you guys have for me? Yes, seriously. That's really usually a good conversation point (laughs) there. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to take a step back in case some of our listeners don't know what assets and liabilities are quite, right? So maybe you can explain that to them. Yeah. Uh, There's certain things that you have in life, like bank accounts, properties, retirement accounts, how much money your mom and dad make. Those are all assets. Mm -hmm. Liabilities are are IOUs, like what we're talking about right now. 
you know, mortgages, like on a house, a house isn't free, you know, parents pay mortgages, yes. there's auto loans, there's credit card bills, and I can keep on going down the list. But basically what it is, the government wants to see how many assets you have yes. versus minus liabilities. Also, how much money you make also is, is a determination upon which what you will be able to receive from the school in regards to grants. So it's Great. very important to fill out the paperwork correctly. There are a couple of questions when you look at it or kind of gray questions, what I call them. You know, some are just black and white and some of them are a little what I call gray area. Okay. Um, I'll leave that to you to determine how you answer them. But each school looks at that form differently, which I never knew, which is something that I found out. So you might be going to, let's say, UCLA and UCLA is $30,000 a year in regards to your FAFSA paperwork. You might only receive, excuse me, $10,000. Yes. But you might go to USC, which is $75,000. And you might get $55,000 in grants. So you know what I'm saying? When you look at both of them, you might say, well, it makes better sense for me to go to a private school than a public. So that's the best best place to start. And the other aspect too that you have to know when you start applying for schools is it's just not a black hole. What I mean by that is it's very important that once you fill out this paperwork, you submit it as part of a packet, is if you're really serious about going to that school, is going to the financial aid office. Mm -hmm. The financial aid office is your friend. They want to help, you know, they want as many people as, as possible to attend their school. Yeah. So they're the that's the major resource for you to be able to, you know, see what else the school will be able to have for you in regards to grants, scholarships, and everything else that's available. Got it. So really, when you want to research, when it comes to money and college fees, FAFSA and the financial aid office, those are the two terms. That's number one. And especially if you're, like I said, when you're 16, 17, it's kind of the time when you do sit down with mom and dad and you kind of say, okay, let's kind of work this out a little bit. It's not something where you just want a one day, you know, graduation. Yay. Okay. What do we got? That doesn't (laughs) work. Yes. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, even like right now, my my daughter's 16 and yeah, we are prepping for her, but that's a difference too, is when we start talking about money is, you know, this is something that we prepped for since she was born. Yes. You're very responsible parents. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Responsible or, or what I like, the word I like to say is discipline. You know, we were very disciplined about saving money for her. And that's the thing also right now, again, when you look at your parents, you have this conversation about them, you know, what do you got? When you look at their faces, your parents' faces, some of them are going to get a lot of stress. They're going to go, or some of them are going to be like, no, don't worry about it. We've got you. And that's where for myself, I feel very fortunate where Mm -hmm. we have been saving and she can basically go to any school and I'm really not fearful of that ticket, what I call it, you know, because it's a. It's going to be a large dollar amount. So Yes, it is. But can you share with us, maybe based on your experience advising your clients, what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen where you're like, oh, I wish they would have done it differently? Is there anything particular that families should look out for? The biggest thing that I always see is, is what their career choice is. That, that's okay. the biggest. I don't mean to come down on this one type of work, but teachers, you know, teachers, I mean, they only make a certain dollar amount, you know, let's say $60,000, $70,000, just ballpark. Yeah. And if you walk away from school with $150,000 with a debt, it, it's a huge burden. Again, it's kind of like rewinding a little bit in our conversation where I think it's important to determine what kind of field of that you want to go into. And that's where I always tell people one of the best resources that's out there, yes. it's a website called collegescorecard.com. 
ed.gov. Okay. It's a great website. I, I love it because you can compare different colleges. You can look at their fields of study. What's the cost and what are the results? You know, who are people that have graduated from your school and, you know, what type of money are they making with that diploma in their hand? Oh, great. So one. That's probably the biggest, if there's one thing, it's yeah. that they go to the wrong school. This is the thing also, if you don't really know what you want to do, that's fine also. When I was 16, 17, yeah. I really didn't know what I wanted to do to a certain degree. Yeah, you were um, normal. Most of us didn't. <laughs> yeah. Rather than going straight to, let's say, a major university, might be going just to junior college. Oh, yes. Good point. Very inexpensive. I don't know what the cost is today, but I know it's a lot cheaper than going to a major university yeah. and then doing your two years. And then, because again, when you really think about it, your first two years in college are just mandatory classes is what I call it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then your last two years are, are, is the focus on your major at that time. Yeah. So if you have to get those classes done, you can actually get them done at a junior college and then transfer, you know, the last two years to a major university. You know, again, if you're 16, 17 and you're not sure what you want to do and, you know, let's say you haven't really saved for college, I would probably look down like as that avenue of trying to achieve your goal. That's a great point. I had that discussion with friends whose kids are ready to enter college. And especially during COVID, their discussion was, do I really want to pay full tuition to go to a private school mm -hmm. where my kids are learning from home? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the benefits of going to a private college is really building the connection, your network and your relationships. But being at home, you're not able to do so. So a lot of them now have said, Oh, we're going to pivot and just keep them in community college for two years and then transfer to a university. Just like you said, it saves a lot of money. This is kind of the, the way of schooling in the future. And if this is the way you're going to be going to school, is it really worth that extra money? It might not be. Would definitely take up your point there in regards to looking at uh, alternatives. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, overall, when you um, think about college. What is this discussion you had with your daughter? You said earlier, yeah. she doesn't have to worry, but let's say you didn't have the opportunity to save for her in advance. What kind of discussion would you have with her right now or tips you would give her besides what uh, we discussed already? It, it's always on options. It, it's, it's number one is, is, is what's your goal? You know, um, if you're going to get a degree, what do, you, what do you really want to attain from it? Well, I've met a lot of younger people and stuff and, you know, they want to be artists, let's say, for instance, yeah. you know, well, you don't really need to go to Berkeley to be an artist. You know, let's say, for instance, you want to be a mechanic, you can go to a technical school for that. But from the aspect in regards, like if I didn't have any money for my daughter, how would yeah. the conversation probably go? It would probably go down the road where it'd be basically, what is your goal? What do you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. You know, let's look at your grades. Let's see what kind of scholarships we can we can acquire. A lot of people don't know this, but you can actually Google scholarships, you know, dot com kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a complete list that will come up. Now, let's let's go back a little bit. Like for me, for instance, when I went to school, I was a full ride scholarship for four years because I was a military scholarship. Yeah. That's just a different way of how I went to school because I was kind of in that boat where I, you know, my dad had money, but he looked at me and said, we have money, but, you know, aren't you grown up now? And I was like. <laughs> You know, I'm like 17 years old. I was 18. I was like, what? He's like, well, you know, why don't you go see what's available? My dad kind of prodded me down that road. Yeah. So I can see me doing the same thing to my daughter saying, well, wait a minute, if you want to go to these schools, how do you see yourself achieving this? That's where I point her to the financial aid office going, don't be afraid. And that's something that I've known a lot of 
younger people to be a little timid and a little shy from that. Mm -hmm. Good point. Don't be timid. Don't be shy. Just go knock on the door saying, I want to go to school here. Yeah. What is available for me? And it could be because if you're a minority, it could be because of your grades. It could be because you're playing an instrument. It could be because you're an athlete. They might have other avenues or other scholarships available to you. And you know, that's why it's important to know what you want to do. Because yeah. you might go to that school saying, you know, I know I want to be a an accountant, let's say. And they go, oh, our alumni has scholarships for that. This is the thing also I think is very critical because I know our local school here at USC probably has one of the best alumni networking available. I mean, yes. if you've ever heard of the Trojan Club, I mean, that would be the first thing. If I was a, a freshman at USC, that'd be the first thing I would do is join that club. <laughs> And meet yeah. people because then you'll meet people in the fields that you're probably going to plan and working in. Yes. What a great but, advice. But that would probably be my advice to my daughter. Let's go look at financial aid. Let's see what we're available. Let's see where we're going to be short. And then we can come up with the plan, you know, and how to pay for that where we're short. And then yeah. when you are short, do we need to get a loan? And then I would ask her, do you, are you thinking about maybe working part-time? Yes. Good one. We'll alleviate that. Cause I still work part-time, even though, you know, I still wanted a little bit of spending money while I was in college. Of course. But, you know, so I work. It wasn't nothing new for me. And then I think that's a little bit different too. I think a lot of times uh, children just expect us to give them things. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say what you teach them or what the conversation you mentioned if that you would have had, it's teaching her way more beyond just solving the, for the problem of financial help doing it for college, but so much beyond those years, right? It's really problem solving skills because you cannot always be there to help them. So it's kind of like, you go figure out what is out there and then come back and we solve whatever's left. So let's say there's a hundred points. If they save 90 by themselves, you can help with the remaining 10 better mm -hmm. than you helping with the entire 100 and they learn nothing. Exactly. Because again, this is where I call spoon feeding. I don't want to spoon feed her. Yeah. You know, I want her to be able to go to the financial aid office by herself. And then if she has problems there, you know, then I can step in and help her. This is what she wants. Yeah. Or, and that's one thing I'll tell to talk to any student. If this is what you want, then go get it. That's great. That's great. Hope you enjoyed our interview with John Almaker. He certainly gave us a lot of food for thoughts when it comes to deciding how to make the most out of choosing our major and college, as well as how to finance it the best way possible so that you don't end up with tons of debt once you start out the new chapter of your book as an independent, self-sufficient working professional. My challenge to you today is just to spend one hour thinking and write down some ideas on what you can do to achieve the best return on investment for your college education. And as I mentioned at the beginning, this is part one of my interview with John. I will release part two in the coming weeks where we discuss another important aspect of finance. And we mentioned debt. And this time we'll talk particularly about credit card debts. And we will cover many other aspects of managing your credit card wisely and what to do with it and what to look out for, right? So make sure to look out for that episode. Thanks so much for spending time with us today and we'll talk to you the next time. Have an amazing day. Mm -hmm.